I can drink out of that water. I'm left-handed. <clears throat> but I'll, I'll fight the urge. I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity that he gives each and every one of us. Uh, I'm not the only one that has a desire to serve the Lord. I'm looking at many, many faces here. I want to thank the Lord for those who carry on when our pastor is gone. And uh, Brother Jim, I think, was doing a Bible study Thursday night for the men. And because of it, I had some guys from the Philippines on a ship. And before we went back to the ship on their own, they said, we want to go to your chapel. We want to go to the church. And sometimes they just say that because I'm helping them and they figure, you know, I'm connected to a seaman mission. And so we'll just, you know, do something for you as you're helping us. And so I said, well, you know, you can, we can do something else. You don't have to go to the mission. And, uh, but they were insistent. And so we came had about seven men, and Brother Jim, I think, was taking over the, the class that evening, and as the men were coming in, Brother Lucy was here, and, uh, and I'm thinking, the men wanted to come in here, and they just wanted to sit down, and I thought, well, I need to find a, a New Testament in the back and just encourage them with the Word of God, and I got the bright idea, I'm going to ask Brother Lucy to give his testimony how he came to know Christ, and uh, Brother Lucy playing it all down. He said, look, I, I have no great sins I had to confess. You know, I'm not uh, like everyone else that gives these nice uh, testimonies and blah, 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 and how I saved from this and saved from that. I said, no, you have the better testimony, how by faith you just trust the Lord and he preserved you and protected you. And, and you're the man that has probably more peace and no regrets. And so Brother Lucy there in his time until Jim got together with the men, he was able to give his testimony how the Lord saved him. And the men, they really were very thankful. They were very, very happy to be here. In fact, one of the men, he said, uh, as we're driving out, going through FedEx, <clears throat> he said, I don't remember all this stuff. I said, last time I was here, I think it was trees. And I'm, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know if he had the right mission in mind. Uh, you know, we had buildings back there for a long time. I said, when was the last time you've been in our church? He said, 2000. I said, well, you're right. I said, that's when we joined. He said, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so these guys have a better memory than I do, but I want to thank you all for filling in and, and uh, as our pastor and his family are uh, getting refreshed and, uh, and enjoying what the Lord has for them, that many are filling in the gap. In preparation for tonight, <clears throat> I was looking at one of the commentaries and and I must have used it as a bookmarker, so it was an old receipt, 1992. Anybody uh, born after 92? It was a long time ago, anyway. And, but right in the bottom of the, of the receipt, it said, Wednesday is Senior Citizens Day. Now, if you're not sure how many years that was, that's 27 years ago, if I got my math right. And I wasn't concerned about senior citizen, but you know this Friday, I'm going to be an official senior citizen. I'll be 65 and still alive. It's hard to believe I'll be in the same camp with Kenny. You see him hobbling around. I see Greg hobbling around. They're going to take me out and whip on me. But anyway, uh, we're in a camp our, of ourselves, I guess. We're, we're the, the next generation of senior citizens. And uh, I won't mention any more names, but we know who we are. But uh, Brother John mentioned that uh, anxious to see what God has laid upon our hearts and for my heart for the Word of God, but I think it was already revealed in the back of my bulletin 
Brother Don was filling in for Brother John, and uh, he mentioned about the joy of the Lord. And I said, oh, he's getting a little close to what I want to preach on. Uh, my verse does have the joy uh, in it. And Brother John talking about Exodus and the, and the burning bush and the trials of the children of Israel. I said, ah, oh, he's preaching my message. So maybe I'm here just for a short time. I feel the only reason I came tonight is just to give the invitation. But uh, let's just look into the Word of God to see what God has. If you turn to your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 1. Don't worry, I'm not panicking yet, but I'm looking for my notes. That is interesting. What's that? <laughs> Brother Kenny? <laughs> what was that? Oh, I got him. I got him. Thank you, Lord. That's real funny. I brought the old ones, not the... <laughs> the first copy, not the good copy, but anyway, the Lord knows. So, I think we can do it. We're, yeah, we're good. All right, James, going back to James chapter 1, after doing all that, that comes with age. But we, we see in um, chapter 1, James, he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Now we see James, the Lord did a wonderful work in his heart, and he, he's not boasting that Jesus is his brother, but he, I think a greater treasure that he's revealing is that Jesus is Lord and his Lord, and that he's the servant, James himself, of the Most High as well. And to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And this is that verse I thought Brother Dom was going to kind of reveal a little. But verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diver temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not a man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his way. Dear Heavenly Father, we we thank thee for the word of God, and Lord, we know through you that it's been proven. Your word is more honored above your name, and so, Father, we pray what you have for us this evening. Help us to enter in, into it gladly, with joy, and we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. 
So in verse 2, we see that um, James says, my brethren. Now, who does that include? Any of us that knows Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're included in that group. But what does he say? He says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. That doesn't seem to be right, does it? When you get into difficulties and trials and, and testings, that if anything, we don't count it for joy. We usually find ourselves grumbling or saying things we shouldn't or just, you know, why has this always happened to me? It says, when you fall into divers temptations, and we think that once we have that one trial, well, we're good for another 10 years, uh, everything should, go, be, should be running smooth after that, and uh, we shouldn't go into difficulties. But sometimes it's repeated over and over. Different trials come up in our way. And so he says, count it all joy. Now, we don't see anywhere in this chapter, or even this book in particular at all, that where God is displeased when his people are called to pass upon trials or great trials. In fact, just the opposite. As believers in Christ, we got to face it. Because God loves us. And it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. Sooner or later, if we say we have faith, it will be tested. It will be tried. It will be proven. That's just a fact. And it's nothing to regret. And we may not have to understand it. The Bible says we can just lean on him and all our ways acknowledge him. Lord, I acknowledge you. I don't understand what's going on, but I know you can direct my path. I know what you, you know exactly what's going on. And so it's going to happen to us all. Quoting one of the writers, he said, experimental knowledge is the best and the surest not only sincerity, but in the divinity of your faith is proved. Trials proves our sincerity. That tells us if we have the real thing or not. And my daughter, she has a, um, this is Emily, she has a little butane torch. I'm thinking, boy, is she doing some plumbing or something? But I happened to see it in the kitchen and a little canister, a little torch. And I said, who's this, Marcy? And she said, that's Emily's. That's for her cake decorating, I guess. I guess you can frost the cake or do something. And if you haven't burned it in the oven, get a chance to burn it out of the oven. <clears throat> but the thing wasn't working. It didn't have any butane. I said, well, I got some butane. You see, some years ago, we had some young pioneers here at the church. My son, Jared, was one. Pastor sons, a few others. I was thinking of Jimmy when he was singing. I said, boy, if we just could have got those guys younger singing, uh, we wouldn't have to worry about potato cannons in the backyard. And uh, they were robbing Brother Greg's gasoline to fire up those potato cannons. I have no idea where those potatoes all went. I've heard strange stories. They went across the highway and maybe on the highway. 
before the Lord just put a stop to everything, gave us a new church through fire, I found a can of butane. I said, no, they're upgrading the butane. Next, it's going to be jet fuel. So I, without saying anything, I put the butane in my cabinet, and, uh, and that put a kind of a stop to that. But I can see those boys in their anxiousness of putting a potato cannon together. I'm not going to tell you how to put one together because I really don't know and I really don't want you to know. (laughs) But once you put it together, you're anxious to try it, to prove it, to test it, to see if this really works. And... I can't imagine any of those boys dragging each other. Come on, Jimmy, let's go out there on the field. Oh, I don't want to go out, you know. I don't know who was involved, but anyway, my son Jared was one, and Andrew, and the other Andrews, and, and I'm sure they, they didn't, they, they encouraged each other because they want to prove this thing. And when that test run went off and a potato flew out, they thought they had invented the mashed potato. <laughs> Just when it hit the ground, it mashed somewhere. But they weren't happy with that. They wanted to do a little bit further and improve it and improvise it. And so they're always testing. So really, it was a good thing for them that in their thinking. And this is what God is saying. My brethren, count it all for joy. Guess what? You're in a trial. Who's with you? God. And watch what he does. Watch what he does. When I'm in a trial, maybe a financial trial, when I had RA, boy, Kathy, forgive me for not sympathizing. I've heard RA and arthritis and all sorts of aches and pains. But when I entered into that, (laughs) I said, man, oh, man, is there any life after this? And uh, I came down in 19, not 19, but uh, five years ago. Uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in those early days before the medicine kicked in and made me put a smile on my face. My wife was just concerned. She said, honey, you got to smile. You got to do something. I'm sitting in the chair, not wanting to move. I'm just thinking about the pain, you know, even the talking to move was enough to say ouch. And she said, honey, you got to do something better. And I'm thinking, ah, you get on this side. <laughs> and let me do that to you. And let me see you smile. <laughs> so I try to throw up a fake smile. I love you, honey. <laughs> but, uh, but that doesn't have to be the way it is when we're in a difficult moment. And by the way, these trials, God always provides a way of an escape. These testings. And that apart from him, there's no other way to go through it. Because if we could, we wouldn't need the Lord himself. So experimental knowledge. In other words, I could just take someone's advice and say, oh, yeah, that will do good. That will do good. And if I go ahead and try wherever I'm telling everybody that will do good and it fails. But when I have hands-on, I think of David when he said, I'll take care of that Philistine. And they tried to put the armor of Saul on him. And he said, look, I haven't proven this. This may work for other guys, but not for me. And just give me my sling and some stones. And by the grace of God and the power of God, I'll, I'll fight and defeat that giant. And that's what he did. 
And so we can count it all joy because we have the power of God that will enable us. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Someone said, remember your faith. Our faith is Satan's target. And if he at all can cripple that, then he gains a victory in our lives. Isn't that what he did to Adam and Eve? And and Eve knew this wonderful God. He walked with her in in Adam in the evening, cool evening. And yet he kind of twisted the word of God and added to the word of God. And before she knew it, she was crippled. And and thinking that, I think Brother John might have brought that out, that she was missing something. And she willfully sinned. And that's our natural reaction. Oh, no, not this again. Not that again. God wants us to change all that. He says, count it for joy. In fact, he says, count it all joy, all joy. So every bit of that trial, all joy. Now, I'm not talking about laughing. I'm not talking about being happy. But you can have that unmovable joy of Christ in your heart and peace. That passes all understanding. <clears throat> but again, our, our reaction. And what is our reaction when we're under the attack? And the bottom is ready to drop out. This is the time that we should look up to the Father's face. With confidence and rest in the fact in his word. That he is working out some wonderful plan and purpose in us that apart from this trial it cannot work out any other way and that's how the trials usually are the testings a part of going through the fire I think brother John mentioned you know that bush that was on fire but the bush was not consumed and when we go through trials and we go to that fiery furnace, we will not be consumed. That fire will only burn the dross off our faith. That it would be proven. And we can take that step even more. The next time a difficulty comes our way, we say, no, I don't know how God did it, but he did a wonderful and possible thing here. And I know he can do the same thing here. My faith is in God, not in my woes. What does he say? He said, count. Now I'm looking up that word in the uh, concordance. means to esteem. All joy. It comes from a word that means calm or calmly. Happy or well off. Calm delight. Gladness. Greatly. Then in parentheses, be exceeding, in parentheses, then joy. All joy, can we be like that? We can. Not in ourselves, but in God. Fall into divers' temptations. So we can count it all joy when we fall into divers' temptations. The word fall, to fall into something that is all around. In other words, you're just surrounded. 
And that's what it means. Be surrounded with. There's, there's no escape. There's no answer but God. And some give up. They see a hopeless situation. And some pursue midway and they give up. When the answer is just about to be revealed. This is why I thank the Lord for our church here. This is why my wife and I, we chose to serve the Lord here. Because we know that God is going to do something wonderful. And I don't want to miss out. I don't, don't want to be home with an excuse. That's not a good one. And find re- revival breakout. <laughs> I mean, I don't want that. I want to be in that revival. I want, to, I want to see what God. I don't want to be left out. And so divers means uh, various in character. So it, you know, different testings, different trials, temptation, testing of faith. As we see the illustration of Abraham with Isaac, he was told to bring him his son and offer him as a sacrifice. And God wanted to make sure that Abraham loved him more than he loved his son. And God wasn't going to allow any human sacrifice whatsoever. He's against murder. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. And as Abraham was just waiting, he knew God was going to do something. But at the last moment, God withheld his hand and said, Abraham, Abraham. And behind him, there was a sacrifice in the thicket. God wants to test. Not to harm us. Not to shame us. Not to discourage us. But through these testings, we'll be wowed, amazed, in awe of this wonderful God. Knowing this, verse 3, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. God didn't say how long the trials will run, if they're long or short. But he, we can rest assured his best interest for his glory and honor is in us. And he's going to glorify his name if we just rest in him and let him work through us and be obedient to what he wants us to do through this all. I'm amazed when I hear people stricken. In fact, you can you go through your hymns and some of those hymn writers had rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis, crippled in bed, and yet they sing some precious hymns that if we didn't know the story behind it, and other tragedies and difficulties that others had gone through, if we didn't know the story behind it, we would say, that's a beautiful hymn. How'd they ever come up with that? Through life, through a trial, through a, uh, a testing. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. I want to quote this from Harry Ironside. 
He says, as we grow in this grace of patience until there is no longer any rebellion against the will of God, a strong Christian character is developed. We become mature and whole, no longer craving for what God sees fit to withhold. This is real victory. It's superhuman, but this God is willing to give us the wisdom at the request of prayer. In verse 5, we read that. We see, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So God is not going to hold back anything. In fact, if you see through the trial and account it for joy, the one who is with us, God himself, is there. And all we have to do, Lord, give me wisdom. Help me. I don't understand. Again, I think of the three Hebrew children as they were, their, their faith was tried and tested. A hopeless situation put into a fiery furnace seven times hotter than before. That's why I can't understand Gary wants to be a fireman, run into fires. You know, the summertime is just too hot for me. I can't imagine going into a blazing building that's hotter than normal. And yet, these three believers went in by faith, willing to perish for the Lord if need be. But God didn't have it that way, and he was in the midst. And they came out with no smell of smoke. I tell folks about the church. When we had the church fire, every room was damaged, either by fire, by water, but the smoke permeated every room, every room, even the teen hut, except for my office. And when I walked in my office with all the literature, the Bibles, New Testaments, John Romans, tracts, it smelled like paper. And yet, if you look at some of the containers, you could see where the heat kind of charred up some of the containers. You can see the darkness around it. And yet, God protected. And so, he can do the same. He allows us to go through these trials to make us more like him. That we come to the point where we no longer crave for what God sees fit to withhold. And we say, Lord, I only want your will. I love you. I realize the things I crave, really not, not any wrong in themselves, but they're not going to make me any closer to Christ. And Lord, I want your will in all things. And so... Through these testings and through these trials, he allows us to go through them for that reason. Verse 5 through 8, let him that ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and is tossed. It's like going up to Brother Wayne, said, Brother Wayne, do you think you can pour me a driveway out of concrete? He said, Brother Mongold, I work in concrete. What do you think? What are you saying if you think you can pour me a driveway? I know my business. I know my work. 
I can do it. And when we come to God, He can do all things. Don't waver. A wavering man is like a double-minded man, as the Scripture says. And really, he's not settled on everything. He's halting between two opinions. Going back and forth, going back and forth. And God says, I am who I am. And there's none like me. Ask me by faith. And I'll answer. And answer your prayer. When the Lord saved me, I, I thought I had a double-minded situation. My thought life, I couldn't turn it off. And the thoughts I'm trying to think of God were clashing. That's not quite what the double-minded meant. But, but as you grow in the grace of God, and you see God, even the little things. Jesus says, without me, we can do nothing. Even the little things, we can't even do. So don't try to do them. Just give the little things as well as the great things. God can do them all. And as you see him perform, my daily uh, routine of going to the ships and seeing men and helping the men and seeing how happy they are and giving the gospel and talking about the Lord may be mundane. And maybe your work is the same way. But when we do it in the name of Christ, we see God how he orchestrates. My wife will give me that call. And she says, I'm just trying to figure out your plans. That's how it sounds. <laughs> you know, supper time, you know. Honey, I got guys in the van. I got to go to Walmart. And uh, so anyway, uh, but I've seen God work it all out. Even to be home for supper. Even to maybe two ships at the same time will call me. Sometimes I had up to four ships calling. And I'm about to... And yet i got to stop and think. Because I've seen God over and over again for the simple things. Work it out. I say, God, I know you did it before. Why am I fretting? Why am I... Am I upset? I'm preaching to me as well. God worked these things out. And I see him work these things out in a wonderful way. And when he does, my heart is filled with joy when I see God do it. So when we go to God, go to him in boldness. If any of you lack wisdom, wisdom. In other words, we do lack wisdom. We all do. No one's obtained. Lord, I come to you. Help me. Give me wisdom for the situation. Let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. He won't give you uh, a small portion. He'll load you up. As much as you need. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And he can deliver from being double-minded by the simple steps of faith. Lord, help me. And so, let me just close with a few scripture reference. And my wife says, you don't have to turn. Uh, don't let the people turn because save time. So I won't let you. You don't have to turn just to save time. But uh, if I can remember where I put some of my stops here. But I just want to 
Get another senior moment here. Colossians 6, or Colossians 4. Let me see. Okay, Colossians 4, chapter 6. And one reason that we can, and God allows us to go through these trials, says, let your speech be always with grace Season with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. And so, not everyone may go to the same trial, different degrees. But when we go through, some may observe and say, I've heard somewhat what you're going through. And how can you even put a smile on your face? And you say, it's, that smile was given to me by my Lord. And he had to teach me the simple things. And because of it, I can say, I wholly trust him. I don't know how he's going to work everything out. But I know he'll wholly work all things out for his glory and honor. If you turn to Ecclesiastes. Or just go through Daniel chapter 2. We'll just... In Daniel chapter 2, verses, uh, verse with 17, and we'll just close right here, but it just talks about Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him. He couldn't remember the dream, and he asked for his wise men to tell him the dream. And they trying to prod him and say, well, kind of give us some hints, and we'll give you the answer and the interpretation of the dream. He said, you're just trying to buy time. Uh, you tell me the dream, then tell me the answer and its meaning. And uh, because they couldn't, and their necks were on the line, and, and Daniel uh, asked, why is the king so wroth? And he was told that uh, he was going to put to death because no one could answer and reveal this dream. He said, tell the king, uh, give me time, and I'll pray, and I'll give him the answer. Verse 17, then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret. That's a wonderful way of saying it. Lord, we desire mercies from heaven. And when you go through trials, what are you praying for? You're praying for mercies from heaven. You're praying for wisdom. <clears throat> they desired mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows could not should not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. So here they are in checkmate, as it were. There is no hope unless God intervenes. How would you like to be in a trial such as this? Then was the, most, then was the secret revealed, verse 19, unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the time and the seasons. He removeth kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou 
God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desire of thee. For thou hast now made known unto, the, unto us the king's matter. This is what trials do. It drives us to Christ. Where we don't have the answer. But we go to the one who does. And all along, he wants to put that joy and his peace in our heart. As he takes care of matters for us. Working through us. And as we abide in him. We don't understand but we see how things work out. For his glory and honor. Our heart is filled with joy. And we can only just praise him like Daniel did here. Is there anything too hard for God? The answer is no. A lot of things are hard for us. All things are impossible for us. But in Christ, all things are possible. I don't know what trials you're going through. Some I do, some I don't. We all have our different trials, different degrees. Children have trials. Parents have trials. Grandparents have trials. But go to the one that can see you through it and lead you. And put joy, his joy and peace in your heart. And work all things out for his glory and honor. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we don't ask for trials. We don't want to jump into a fire. But Father, we know that because we have faith. And we thank you that you love us. Where you want to try our faith. To prove it. To make it pure. You want us to go through these fire. Uh, trials and testings so that the dross would burn up and pure faith will continue on. Lord, increase our faith. I don't know what this week will bring. You do. Lord, cause us to cling to you and trust thee for all things. We love you for loving us and we come before you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.